welcome to Enter the Glory Zone with me, Dr. Edith Davis, on 94.1 FM, Wave 94. Well, spiritual believers, I've been recently talking about who is the father? Who is daddy of a father, Yuhei Yahweh? And I would like to continue discussing who is the father and why is it so important? A lot of people don't realize this, but the Lord God, Christ Jesus, the word of God, the second part of the Godhead, came all the way to planet Earth and was implanted in the womb of Mary, the Virgin Mary, and became a man with flesh and blood like you and I, bones, flesh, and blood. And not only did he come to die for us on the cross, which he did, but he also came to let you know who Daddy God, our Father Yahweh, really was. Because there was a lot, there's a lot of propaganda out there. There's a lot of misinformation out there about the Father. And because of this, a lot of people are afraid of God. Uh, a lot of people um, don't want a relationship with God the Father because of this false propaganda. And so, Jesus came to let them know that God is a loving God. He's a loving Father. And that, um, yes, He's a God of holiness. Yes, He's a just God. Yes, but He's also a merciful God, a loving God. And I want to discuss a little bit more our dad, Daddy God, our Father, Yuhei Vahe, Yahshua um, Mashiach, Christ Jesus, and Lord God, Holy Spirit, Ruha Kadash, testify to who He is. And God the Father is omniscient, which is meaning He is all-knowing. That means that God knows everything from the beginning to the end. He knows all seven billion, if it's not more than that now, people on planet Earth. Every decision you make, every choice you make, He knows the outcomes, the different permutations. That made me think of probability and statistics. That's where I learned about permutations and things like that. And But God, the Father... He, he believes, he, he wants you to have free will, and you do. But there's no choice that you can make that he doesn't have, and knows what the outcome is and how he can, if you love him, if you love him and you believe in him, every choice you make can be for your good, even the bad ones. God can make it for your good. So God is omni. Omniscient, which means all-knowing. He knows everything. He knows everyone. He knows all the holy angels. There's nothing outside of God's knowledge. The next thing about the Father is that He is omnipotent. Omnipotent. Omnipotent means He is all-powerful. And I was um, listening to um, one of the teachers that I've been listening to, um, A.R. Bernard, um, in Brooklyn, New York. And he was explaining about the power of God, how 
powerful our God is that we speak to and that it's just amazing. People don't really grasp how powerful it is. I mean, he was talking about a nuclear warhead uh, that it would um, could act, the actual blast, the compression waves that would um, change the atmosphere could wipe out all the buildings up to about, I guess, 80 miles. And that's just one nuclear warhead. So. If you compare that to the sun, the sun, of course, is even more powerful than one nuclear warhead. It's just a fraction, right? But guess what? Our sun, which is an average size star with a lifespan of about 10 billion years, has already had about five, approximately five billion years of the hydrogen in that sun has been fused together to create helium. It takes four hydrogen atoms to create one helium atom. So, five billion years of helium, uh, hydrogen has been fused into helium, and we got about another five billion years to go for our sun, the, our star called the sun. It's an average size star, and we um, know that our star is just the, one of the most powerful things in our solar system, and it's just a fraction of the power of the whole, all the other stars, because there are stars that are much larger than our star. There are stars that are much smaller than our star. So our star is just a fraction of all the power that's in the universe. And our God created the universe. So our God power is beyond our even comprehension. It's bigger than the universe, right? So, this is the most powerful entity that we know of is our God. And yet he is he is concerned about even the little things in our life, like paying your rent or your mortgage or taking care of your children or whether or not you um, if you have cancer, what, what how do, how should what how should we proceed? Should you do chemo? Should you do radiation? I mean, our God cares about the tiniest, smallest things in our lives and the big things in our lives as well. He runs this entire universe. That's the power, the omnipotent power of our God. And that's who you and I are praying to. And then we know that our God is omnipresent. God is everywhere and in everything. But especially God lives in what? Mankind. And when you are born again, you have the privilege of having what? The Holy Spirit come and live inside of you as well. You are sealed with the Holy Spirit. But if you think about the omnipotent power of God and realize that Christ Jesus, the man, Christ Jesus, born from the Virgin Mary, had the full Godhead within him. Can you imagine that? The full Godhead, the, the Father, the Word, of course, was already there. That was him. And the Holy Spirit, Lord God, Ruha Kadash, all lived in God. And that was critical because God, the Father, is so powerful that you cannot even be in his presence without being consumed. That's how powerful it is. So we have to be shielded through the body of Christ Jesus, 
right? To be in the presence of what? God the Father. So I just am, I am just in awe of God's love and grace and mercy to us and towards us and, and how he loved us so much that he was willing to come in a human body and let everyone get to know him. God is a, like I said before, a passionate God. He is a jealous God. He, he wants you exclusively. He does not want you to worship any other gods other than him. Um, God is a God of justice and he gives the perfect justice because God loves everybody. Yes, right. God loves your, your nemesis, your enemies. God loves people that you don't like. God loves them. And God wants the best for them just like he wants the best for you. So who better to judge every situation? Because God knows the heart of people. God knows our hearts. And so God is omnipotent, omniscient, omniscient, omnipresent. God is an awesome God. God has favorite colors. That's right. God has favorite colors. And I discovered God's favorite colors when I looked at the colors that was on the Ark of the Covenant, which represented it was a shadow of Christ Jesus. Right. And so I saw the colors of red, blue, um, purple and gold and white. And so those are God's favorite colors. And I try to keep red, blue, purple, um, red, blue, and purple primarily always somewhere in my wardrobe because I want to honor God. I think um, he is awesome. I, I just want people to understand that God cares about each and every one of us. And God the Father wished that no man should perish. So, but he will not violate your what? Your free will. So my prayer is that we not be deceived. One day I ask God, am I under deception? <laughs> because sometimes what we think is right is wrong. And what we think is wrong is right. And that's a sad dilemma that we have today. So the only way to assure that what we think is right is right is to make sure that we're in alignment with God's holy word. So to really, though, to get a true understanding of who God the Father is, we have to look at our Lord and Savior, Christ Jesus. And we have to look at his short life on this earth, his 33 years on this earth, and realize 33 and a half years on this earth, and realize that he was showing us the heart of the Father. He was showing us what God the Father was really like. And one of the things that we noticed, the first thing that Jesus did when he came to planet earth, 
was that he came against the work of Satan. He came against the work of the archangel, used to be archangel Lucifer. He came against sickness and disease. He came against lack and poverty. He came against death and destruction. He came against every evil thing on this earth. Jesus, when he came on earth, the first thing he did was heal the sick, made the blind able to see, the, 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 the death to hear, the mute to speak. He raised little girls from the dead. He raised young boys from the dead. He raised a man from the dead. He was raised from the dead. Um, God the Father, that was God the Father's heart. God the Father is opposed to sickness and disease. God the Father is opposed to lack and poverty. God the Father is opposed to every evil work on this earth. That is not what he had planned, planet Earth and mankind to be like. That was not his original plan, but he will achieve his objective. He always does. No matter what Satan did, no matter he knew that Lucifer was going to rebel. He knew he had angels have free will. The angels have free choice as well. And he knew that, that Lucifer was going to try to usurp his throne. And because of that, I believe that is one of the reasons why when we go to the millennial where Christ Jesus is Lord of all and is running this planet for a thousand years, we're going to actually the, the body of Christ, the bride of Christ is going to be running the universe. We are going to be or we're going to judge angels and angels are a little bit higher than we are. Their intellectual ability is higher than ours. They are stronger than we are. They're larger than we are. Angels are nothing to play with. And so, but God is making us judges over what? Angels. So when we look closely at Christ Jesus, when we look closely at our Lord and Savior Christ Jesus, we recognize that Jesus only said what he heard his father say. He only did what he saw his father do. And so when we look at his life, we get a glimpse of the father and the father's heart. Christ Jesus, when he walked on this earth, Christ Jesus had a perspective out of this world. Christ Jesus came from heaven where there was Abundance, but not only a lavish abundance, um, where money is the least of those things. In actual, in actuality, Christ Jesus had the full Godhead in him, when it, which is omnipotent, all powerful, right? So when you have a missing limb, uh, Jesus speaks to that missing limb, it has to grow back. When Jesus spoke to the wind and the storm, the hurricane-like storm that tried to capsize the boat, the, the, the experienced fishermen, now they've been through storms before, they thought they were all going to die. He was asleep in the boat, which shows you the power of the peace of God, the shalom of God, because he knew that no hurricane was going to take him out. He knew that he was going to die on a what? Cross. So he slept as long as he was in the boat. But guess what? The apostles, the future apostles, the disciples were safe. They didn't realize that because no one was going to interrupt the destiny that God had for 
Jesus, Yahshua Mashiach. So Jesus stood up and told the hurricane, told the storm, peace be still, and it had to obey. This is the power, the omnipotent power that was in Christ Jesus. And guess what? When Jesus, hallelujah, when Jesus at the Last Supper, Jesus recognized, he knew all power, all authority, all dominion, everything was given unto him. Why? Because he submitted to the will of the Father. My pastor, Pastor Steve um, Dow at Christian Heritage Church brought up a very good point. A lot of people want authority. A lot of people want power, but you must submit under authority. You must submit under God's power. You have to have a, a spirit of submission under authority to receive authority. And Jesus submitted his will under the will of the Father. And guess what? God at the Last Supper gave all power, all authority, all dominion to Christ Jesus. He had it at the Last Supper. He gave it to him. And Jesus was the Son of God. And he knew that he was the Son of God. And he knew that God the Father loved him. That God the Father said it at the baptism. And then he said it again at the Mountain of Transfiguration. And he said at the, at the baptism of when John the Baptist baptized Jesus at the Jordan and he told him, he said, this is my beloved son and whom I am well pleased. Jesus had not performed not one miracle. Jesus had not done one miracle when God the Father pronounced over him that this was his beloved son and that he was well pleased. And then he sent Jesus into the wilderness. This fool, this was in the God. And so knowing this, that he was beloved of the father, that he was the father's only begotten son, that he, God had given all power, all authority, all dominion to Christ Jesus because he was a Man that submitted, a man, God, man, that submitted himself under the authority of the Father. So Father, the Father could trust Jesus with his authority, with his power. And what did Jesus do? What was the first act that he did? He took a, took, took a towel, wrapped it around his waist, put a towel over his arm, and washed the feet of the what? Disciples. All 12 of them, including Judas, including Peter, who was going to deny him three times. He knew this, including Andrew and James, who tried to get their mother to let them be number one and number two, sit on the right hand of Jesus and sit on the left hand of Jesus when he took over the kingdom. Wash the feet of the tax collector, Matthew, a.k.a. Levi, right? Took, wash the feet of Philip. Wash the feet of Bartholomew. Wash the feet of Doubting Thomas, although he shouldn't be called that because all of them doubted. Mary doubted. Mary Magdalene doubted. Peter doubted. John doubted. James doubted. They all doubted. So he gets a bum rap. Right? He wasn't the only one that doubted. But he washed their feet. This is what he did. He served as a son of God. 
He got down on his knee and washed the feet of his disciple, but not out of not out of the heart of an orphan or an orphan spirit, which is how many of us in the body of Christ serve. We serve because we want to gain the love of the Father. We serve because we want to be liked. We we serve because we want people to appreciate us and and say good things about us. We we serve out of a orphan spirit versus the serving out of the spirit of the son of God. S- serving out of the spirit of the daughter of God, knowing who you are and whose you are. Knowing that you have all power and authority. That's a totally different when you have a when you serve out of the heart of a son or daughter, there's no job that's beneath you that you wouldn't do. Christ Jesus gives us a perfect picture of the Father, the Father who loves us. Yes, he made a whip and he ran the money changers and the people that were basically prostituting the church, basically Stealing within the church, the gates of the church, using people, taking advantage of people. Yes, he he took a whip and he said, this is a house of prayer. My father's house is a house of what? Prayer. So that tells you about how powerful and how important prayer is to God. Prayer is our it's supposed to be a communication between the father and I. It's an intimacy. It's a commitment to fellowship with the father. To become one with the Father, in communion with the Father, through what? Prayer. So God likes fellowship. God likes fellowship so much that he sacrificed his only begotten son so that he could have a family. God the Father is, he is, I mean, so many aspects of him that I don't think I could ever give them all. But God the Father, Jesus demonstrated the mind of God. The heart of God, the emotions of God. God loves worship and God loves Thanksgiving. That's one, it was an interesting thing I heard from one of the pastors that I was listening to, and he was saying that God has everything. There's nothing really that you can give the Father. Um, but that, and I, he said, and one thing I didn't consider, and I'll tell you the other thing that the revelation that God gave me about what. What God wants and that he can't, you know, he doesn't have. And he said, God doesn't have Thanksgiving. He loves it when we thank him. He loves it when he thanks. You know, I've, my bank account has been extremely low and I know I've been under attack by the enemy and my finances and I'm a tither. I give my tithe. I give my offering. I do it willingly. You know, my heart. I do it willingly and but it's really put me in a very um, tight position and but I still get my tithe. I still get my offering because Satan is not going to force me to bow to him on my finances. I'm not going to do it. And at 9 a.m. this morning, a FedEx package came with a check in it. And I was saying, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Unexpected. Don't deserve it. Didn't earn it. But it was right on what? Time. So that tells you a lot about the heart of the Father. He even cares about our finances. He even cares when we mess up. He doesn't, when you mess up, all you got to do is run to Him, repent, and just 
climb up on his lap and put your head, nestle it up in, on, on his breast and just love on him and he loves on you. He has the heart of a father and parents. We understand that our children mess up all the time. We understand that our children don't always make the right choices. But does that change our heart from loving our children? Heck to the double no. No, we still love them. The heart of a mother, now we might deliver some tough love. There might be some consequences. There might be some punishment for some of these choices. But I know the motive behind when I um, let my son and daughter have certain consequences for certain choices. It's not because I don't love them. It's because I love them because I know I tell them the world, when you leave me, when you go out into the world, you need to learn this lesson where the penalty is not as severe because the world is not going to be kind to you. So God, the father, he disciplines. That's right. If you're not being disciplined by God, then you're not, you're not, you don't belong to him because God disciplines his children and discipline is different from punishment. Discipline is with, is always going to be done in love, in mercy, because God, God is a good God. Everything good in your life came from God and everything bad in your life came from Satan and your choices. As I think think more and more about the Father and knowing, getting to know the Father, God loves intimacy. He wants to have an intimate relationship with you. He wants you to sit down and just quietly sit down in, in your favorite spot, just you and Him, and just sit there and meditate on His Word and, and wait to hear His voice. God is a romantic. I think of that too. God is a lover. Yes, he is. And God is gracious. And he is lavish, lavish with his love. I was sitting back thinking about my trip I'm about to go on. I'm leaving for Madison, Wisconsin, where I'm going to be um, um, teaching about the microspire methodology at the University of Wisconsin and also active learning techniques. And I'm excited because this is um, a great door that God has opened up for me. And I want to thank you, Daddy God. You have I want to thank you, Lord God, Yahshua, Mashiach, Christ Jesus. And I want to thank you, Lord God, Holy Spirit, for opening the door for me. And I just want to say that God just recently opened the door for me to do the offering, and I had approximately seven minutes to um, do a short teaching on tithing offerings at Christian Heritage Church, and it was all Holy Spirit. And the last time that I ever did something like that was at Andre Crouch's church, Andre Crouch Jr.'s church. And at that time, I um, did not know, I was raised Roman Catholic, so I did not know who Andre Crouch was, but I was happened to be at my, my former husband's first cousin's house, and the elder of Andre Crouch Church um, was in the kitchen with me, and I was talking about this newfound um, revelation knowledge that God had given me about tithes and offerings. And he went and told Pastor Senior at that time, Andre Crouch Senior was still alive. Um, his uh, Andre Crouch Senior's 
wife had already passed. And I met him Tuesday night at Bible study in the courtyard and we were talking and he looked at me in the spirit. He says, yes, I want you to speak at our church that Sunday, which I didn't realize what how big a deal that was because I was prepared to just when they took up the offering to talk about tithing offerings. So but instead, I was actually put in the pulpit and to let you know the power of God. In this instant, I didn't, all I said was God, what God wanted me to say. I didn't, I didn't add anything to it. And it was about a seven minute, just talk, just like I did for CHC on Sunday. And what ended up happening was it was the largest outpouring of tithe and offerings in the history of that church. So I had an opportunity to do the same thing as CAC, and I know that the Holy Spirit and the Father and the Son moved. And I believe that there was a large outpouring of tithe and offerings at that church. And so I, and that was another door that opened up to me where I was able to, because I'm a teacher more so than a preacher. And so once again, this was God the Father showing you the character the, of God the Father This was something that was on my heart For many, many years I have been at CHC since 2009 And this was the first time That I have been invited In all the years I have been there To to give a word to the entire church um, My Godfather um, Doug Apple He's over the Bible study And he opened up the door for me To talk about tithes and offerings In our Bible study And I am so grateful and thankful for that as well so let's close this out. I'm sure I could go on and on and on about the character of God, the nature of God, God the Father. But I want you to know this. God is a good God and you're good. You are very good because God, when God created you, he said, you are very good. I want to close this broadcast with Romans 10, 9. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Thank you for once again joining me on Enter the Glory Zone on 94.1 FM Wave 94. Enter the Glory Zone with Dr. Edith Davis. Presence.